Hi. So, here I am live with a post to my public inquiry reference T6 82 slash 18. Uh, recent developments um, just before Christmas uh, last year, I was contacted by the NCA. National Crime Agency, and they've entitled me to statutory disclosure. So, or statutory disclosures that are relevant and proportionate to my public inquiry. Reference T6 82 slash 18. Pardon me. So I've just eaten a jacket potato. I've got his cheese. Still going down. So, I haven't written to statutory disclosures just yet um, to make any requests, formal requests, for information that's relevant and proportionate to my public inquiry. Um, I haven't lied anyway. So... With that in mind, and my right to complain without fear of reprisals, corruptions, I will get round to a few requests that are relevant and proportionate to my public inquiry, reference T6, 82, slash 18, in my own time. Obviously... The missing peoples of it, as well as the two impersonators of two of the missing peoples, um, are important and serious uh, and pertinent, but because of the rule of law and time frames, time scales, um, within that and everything having to be official and officially declared as well as officially investigated um, and stuff. It's some like bureaucracy in a way, but, and waiting. However, I'll get round to it. Uh, there's still a couple of years left until the kind of, first two are officially declared dead <clears throat> so with that when it comes to like the guidance in general from the legislators legislation library um pardon me the police themselves and their involvement investigating everything a few other things like ipt as well who our investigatory powers tribunal. So if you f don't know what they are, they're it's a public office. Um, they liaise with the police uh, to give the police powers to investigate um, with an unauthorised criminal investigations and that if you feel that you're under investigation you can
contact IPT yourself and request a tribunal um, within your human rights, which are somewhat civil rights at the end of the day, um, uh, and the tribunal can prevent any more action being taken by the police and their authorised investigations, albeit they are investigating you in, in an authorization because <clears throat> the office itself they're run by a, a team of QCs. Um, so they've got their own legal team of and they know what's what, or at least they're trying to establish what's what and that with the police, albeit the police are authorized within their investigatory powers. And what they can effectively do for innocent people who are being investigated one way or another, or involved, associated, and so on, with people that are officially under investigation and that in authorized police powers. So anyway, I need to contact them. That's part of the guidance. It is relevant, it's proportional. I contacted them ages ago. Anyway, when I contacted the Home Office back in, it was like 2013, beginning of 2013 and that, which is, is completely separate. But um, I have been in communication with IPT for a, a number of years, like 10 years, for like 10 years anyway. So, uh, because of log 752 especially and the nature of my public inquiry reference t682 slash 18 they may well have st some statutory disclosure information that's relevant and proportionate by request albeit I get around to it but I haven't formally made a request just yet although i am entitled to is the point the nca have entitled me to it already there's stuff there some information there i i mean that's relevant and proportionate i'm allowed to request with some of that statutory disclosure um because uh, of what I'm subject to within... Obviously, I don't need a barrister. I never needed a barrister. I didn't, don't need a barrister. <laughs> I never needed a barrister. I don't need any legal representation. And, uh, I was a witness and a victim. And I had every right to complain uh, while it was in progress, which is what I did. Um, having said that, I still lost my assured tenancy because... The courts assisted the fraud of the Inca hate offence that was illegally evicting me, or at least trying to at the time before I was officially illegally evicted <clears throat> via fraud of court. So, and I did complain. I complained to so many organisations, individuals and agencies, even abroad, to the likes of Washington and that, and you know, and in NATO and Interpol, I complained all over the place, everywhere, and to the Prime Minister and everyone, and to the police, local police as well, a superintendent, and it's 
superintendent's chief and everyone, I complained and complained because I had every right to and I didn't want to lose my short tenancy and get kicked out of my flat by someone impersonating my missing, obviously, my missing housing compliance officer. So, but anyway, I still <laughs> lost my flat illegally. I was illegally evicted via fraud of court. And um, there's been the impact of so much liability um, since for the last five years, the impact of it has been prolific. Uh, people claiming that I'm mad and wrong when I'm not. And there's been no resolution officially. Um, and that with compensation, I've been trespassed upon to chattels and conversion. Uh, I already had the majority of my belongings destroyed by... the social housing developer of the council. Anyway, what little belongings I had that I could salvage was difficult. Although I had some support until kind of last year, whilst I was at university living in a property managed by a local charity and uh, more civil liability, again, <clears throat> converting my liberty and my rights. And, uh, and I was forcibly detained for nearly a month, which come to like a staggering more than £6,000, which is about the same amount spent in county court like illegally evicting me via fraud at the end of the day by encouraging judicial misconduct to assist the incohate offences of its liability in identity theft and impersonation via that imposter uh, that was pretending to be my missing housing compliance officer so this is just it's just been ongoing it's a nightmare a whole prolifix of the fraud that has gone on um, within all the liability from in silo to in silo encouraging the NHS or this charity, this local charity for homeless people and stuff to assist more fraud and that it's like, it's been like, it's like being subject to a hate crime where I'm defamed by fraud at the end of the day. It's been extremely irritating. I don't need a barrister. I never did. I'm not going to need one. That's that. If they end up being indicted for all this fraud, so they're cross-examined in homicides, then so be it. I'm be happy about it. That's a result. It's a good outcome if they end up being indicted. So that's that. Um, in terms of what I do, like educationally, um, I obviously I studied access course A levels when I was twenty one years old, um, mainly because of a school friend's like father rest in peace he died when i was like 19 and um 
well, I say 19, yeah, I was about, I was about 19. I was coming up to 19 when his father passed away, but his father was a lecturer in social sciences. Like, he was like a professor, lecturer, social lecturer, whatever, at Bath University um, back in the day. And that he actually got me on to social sciences like during the late 80s and, uh, and the early 90s. He gave me a book um, he let me keep and that, which was all to do with like consumerism at the end of the day, face value consumerism in social sciences. And that's what got me into studying social sciences and stuff. And I was really interested in that. I was as I was involved in arts and everything, um, and my rights and identity and stuff like that. Um, as well as me, like the music arts and everything and host like catering and hospitality as well because I was I worked before I left school I had a job from the age of 13 from the age of 13 I had two different jobs before I even finished my GCSEs were selling fudge and ice cream and that and running around a recording studio and that locally down the road like you know making cups of tea and sandwiches taking like artists and producers whatever and engineers to the pub and that looking after them it's doing all their envelopes and everything and posting all their stuff so on and so forth and that running around with mic cables and dats and things like that and then when I left school I trained to be a chef and I trained to be a, like a commie chef and that studying health and hygiene um for a number of years working in restaurants and um, hotels pubs things like that a couple of takeaways and everything so and that and obviously I've been a postman and that and I used to work in a shoe shop as well and fit people's shoes and stuff like that and I've been in numerous bands and blah blah and stuff for years taking my time and that I've cooked for the Queen of England Queen Elizabeth II and that I cooked for loads of people and everything and served all their beverages and did their food I did all that and delivered their takeaways and stuff I did that for like the BBC loads of people from the BBC like actors actresses stuff like that people from abroad America everything brokers and that you name it solicitors everyone even the MOD and stuck with my mum worked at the Ministry of Defence and that her dad was in the British Army so on and so forth her uncle an engineer in the Royal Navy and so on and blah blah so like at the end of the day like You know, I used to do all that and deliver their post and everything and their parcels and that when I worked at Royal Mail and everything as well. And I would entertain them if they were ever around and stuff like that. So like, and I did all of that up until I was about 26 years old. And then I just had enough of it. 